This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. This is Series 6, Episode 26, and I have no idea where to start today, be it Anastasia Palaszczuk, John Coates, Alastair Clarkson, Sam Mitchell, Caroline Wilson, Chicky Boke, Travis Spoke, The Ashes, the NFL ruling on COVID-19. Craig Hutchison, hello. You've been everywhere, man, by the sounds of it. Hello, Damo. Can I just start with something different altogether? Damo's cynicometer. This is a little uh, reader I have over here. Little gauge of your cynicism week to week. It's called Damo Cynicometer. Where in the cynicometer? You've misrepresented my my cynicism, by the way, Hutchie. But 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 for, for furthering the your cause on this, let's go. There'll be a better name that, by the way. If you've got one out there, just email it to me, and I'll I'll inject it next week. But the cynicometer for now. How many days do the Olympics have to go on for before you'll accept that they're going to go ahead? <laughs> I accept like they're going nine, ahead, ten, twelve. Is it the closing ceremony? I, is it the thank you and good night? It's been a great. We'll see you in twenty four in Paris, or is it are you starting to get to a point of acceptance? I know. I told you, Hutchie. Once they started, I was all in on them. As I was this afternoon watching um, Ariana Titmus win the yeah. gold medal. No, that was always going to happen. Such a I'm allowed to be cynical, Hutchie. We are enduring a worldwide pandemic relating to COVID nineteen, Hutchie. Right now, you and I cannot leave this studio. For more than two and a half kilometres either way, there's 13 million Australians locked down, and we're having we're bringing people from around the world into the one already COVID ravaged city to have a, a celebration are, of sport. People are enjoying it. It's gone off well. Touch wood. So far, so good. I think it's been great, and it's great to have the Olympics here, and it's great to, to, for you to admit you're wrong I, off I'd, the top of the show today. I'd love you to admit that your need for it to continue is more commercial as everything is in your life than, than a love of people coming together to actually, compete in sport. If you, you actually you, think you that. your eyeballs in, in sponsorship requirements, I would have thought, with the... What, with, with three cities of shops closed? Yeah, that's, no, that's a good theory. Well done. Yeah, well done. Good theory. There's 13 million people with their businesses shut, Damo. Yeah. It's a... It's a Terribly trying time and not something that is to be laughed about in a commercial sense. Everything's commercial with you, Hutchie. Don't worry. That's offensive. Oh, please. That is offensive. Oh, please, Hutchie. There are people... You, you honestly are getting your heart warmed by the fact that we're living through a pandemic. You, you and I and 13 other million people in Australia can't move, and you think it's the right thing? Damo, if you think that anyone's businesses are better in a pandemic, you are more naive than I thought you were. This is a really. I did say better in a pandemic. A really You've got some deals that you're selling. I'd imagine, Hutchie, on the coverage of the Olympics. It wasn't. I didn't think I was saying anything too outrageous there. The Sydney, Melbourne, and today Adelaide, hopefully, touch wood. Um, communities are shut, so it's a pretty tough time in business for everyone in, who lives in those three towns, as we do. Yep. Uh, I do think the Olympics has been great for people in general to be able to have a little bit of escape from their woes, and if you're in. State, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne, if you're in a, lo- a lockdown for a period of time, in Sydney in particularly, then hopefully the television broadcast and to a lesser extent our radio broadcast is providing but, you some But, r- but they're not going on. I don't think they're being held, Hutchie, to make people feel better about themselves. I think they're being held because well, – sorry, they are being held because of all the commercial deals attached to them. The NBC deal in the States and the IOC itself. Oh, we'll get to John Coates yep. in, in a minute. The, the, this uh, is, this have, is a commercial we have a, project, well, Hutchie. The, the whole world's commercial, but we have a fundamental difference – a view on this. I think it's a good thing the Olympics are on. We need to get back to normal in our lives as best we can. We can't let the virus stop us doing the things that matter. And the Olympics is just another symbol of that. I get that, Hutchie. But yeah. there's no kids at school today in this state, right as we speak. Yeah. We've had 200 days of lockdown. And, and if, it, if there's a small silver lining, tiny, tiny, it's that hopefully a new generation of kids, 
young girls got to see Ariana Titmus swim today at How 20 good was off. It? How good was that? It was magic. It I, was... I think it's right up there with anything we've got to compare it with when it comes to international sport. And I know everyone sits back in the cheap seats and they have a ping at Channel 7 this and that and them changing channels and it's easy to be critical yeah. and Twitter's full of cynics. But in reality, they've done, I think, a tremendous job of providing you access to multiple channels, yeah. be it on your phone or on your TV. I would agree with that. To watch it. And, and, the and actual... I thought Basil did a terrific job of the call today. Yeah. He, he had the luxury, didn't he, of that last 15 metres, knowing he could use what he'd prepared, which yeah. I think is great. But, but becoming a legend, having to beat a legend, uh, she was just in front enough, wasn't he, to go with that line with confidence, albeit less than a second. Yeah, he would have, he would have been second guessing it with 50 to go. Yeah. And, you know, it, it it doesn't take long f- for us to buy in and become instant experts when we're winning. Yeah. So it's it, they're abnormal times, aren't they? They really are. No, and you're referring there to the, the basketball being moved, wasn't it, I think, uh, in the last quarter, uh, the men's game? Um, I just see. Like, I, I didn't have an issue with it because if you've got a phone, you've got access to the 7 Plus app, which which is quite extraordinary, Hutchie. And I don't work for Channel 7, but that, that app is as Every, good an app as I've seen. I just feel like everyone's angry about everything all the time. Like, can we just take a breath and understand and have some empathy that we're in a pandemic and things are happening and you're, you're doing the best you can, as a, as, whether it be a broadcaster or a society, and don't sweat the small stuff. Don't worry about it. It's like everyone's angry about everything all the time. <laughs> Where do we go to that? Well, it's just been on my mind a bit. Like, And I know Twitter attracts, its, attracts this audience, right? But it's everyone's angry. What, you just woken up to this? Oh, my goodness. It just gets worse and worse by the day. But you've just woken up to this, have you? Oh, so I want to address this one because I know it happened last late last week and I got quite a bit of feedback on this, good, bad, and indifferent. Chicky Boke yep. and the Port Adelaide Footy Club on Friday night. This is what happened. We were I was listening to Wednesday morning and Travis talk about how his mum had flown to Adelaide. He, he was so excited to take her to the game. Their story's well told about yes. what they've been through together yep. over a long period of time. She's one of the great mums of footy. Yep. And she was driving back to Melbourne to beat the border closure and still couldn't go to the game in Melbourne. Because no one could. No one could. Now, the thought there was, wouldn't it be great to experience her view of Travis's game through her lens during the game? So I asked our guys, are we in the venue on Friday night or are we in the studio? And they said, we're in the venue. Yep. And I said, well, could we put a request into the AFL to add Chicky to our commentary team? Because we think that'd be great content. And we'd be happily, we'd happily move to our corporate box, which is empty at Marble, 30 seats, to create mass space to achieve that goal and see what they say. The request came back a tick. That's okay. Now, I didn't expect it would or wouldn't, but it did. And then, so we're able to share that news with a uh, it's great for the content and also, secondly, or even more importantly, you can create a moment that you'll never forget yep. for her son. So it felt good. Yep. The, the AFL had a change of heart, or it, I don't think a change of heart, but it, it was approved at a lower level. It went to a more senior level. And there's a whole bunch of things going on at the senior level yeah. that the mid-level wouldn't know. That's understandable. Yep. There's a whole lot of knock-on effects. Of, there's an optics attached to this too, Hutchie, which I'll, I'll get to at some stage, but I'm, I'm yeah, keen to maybe. get the background on yeah. it. Yeah. So there's optics. There's also you know, precedent and... Other families and one versus the other and all that. And I get it. So the decision was made that it couldn't happen. I totally accept that. It's it's a real shame and mm. sad for, for Chicky. Yeah. That's okay. It's not. It's our job just to ask a question. When, when I heard about it, that that had been arranged, and at that stage when I heard about it, that it had been approved, I, I actually thought, what a, what a fantastic outcome. That's what I thought. 
I don't, I don't, but then I didn't find out that it didn't happen until yeah. a day later. We, we would have loved to have helped create that scenario. Equally, I understand, though, that there's things at play that sit in the powers of uh, the AFL and the state that you don't know or are familiar with. So, it's so just who, a, who did it reach? Did it reach Gillen? Did it reach... I think it reached the exec level. There was an executive decision, yeah. and it was explained to me why. And I, I, and I, I, I get why they've yeah, said no to it eventually it. too, Hutchie, by the way. I, Be, I, because it's on a knife's edge, isn't it, the, the whole game. And to allow a special provision for someone, and, and obviously this someone in this instance is, is the mother of a player, but to allow a, a person outside of the confines of who is and isn't allowed to go to a game at this very point in time, to me, there's an optics on that. That where, where do you then draw the line? And, and as much as I, I would have liked Chicky Boat to have been there, I, I get why they've eventually said no. So that's fair enough. So our job is just to ask the question yeah. and accept the outcome either way. I totally accept it. I didn't squabble with it. Okay, yep. I understand this. There's, there's, but I, I saw some of the commentary of people getting angry either way. And once someone said you, you shouldn't be doing it in the first place and then someone else said that's wrong with the oh, – don't worry about it. Like it's, it's just our job. To try it. To try it. Yeah. And I think it would add a great value to our broadcast as well. So I would have, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's, it was a, a good-natured request, and I just wanted to clear that up. I had a few inquiries about it along the way. Yeah, fair enough. I was going to ask you about it because I, I wasn't aware of all the, all the you, background. And... In, a, in a word, in a word yes. initially, and then we'll come back to it, do you think you should need to be vaccinated to go to the footy next year? Yep. Do you think you should? you need to be vaccinated to play the game next year? Yep. You're, you're unambiguous about that. We talk about trying to move on, Hutchie, and I don't see a way that we're going to be able to move on unless unless we've got a starting point for something. And if the starting point happens to be the vaccinations, that's it. Because the, the messaging about please get vaccinated, please don't do this, it's just requests. It's, there's no legislation around it. Now, let me ask you the same questions. Do you believe you should? I think to go to the footy, you need to be vaccinated. And yeah. to play footy? I think to play, you, you probably need an exemption to not be yep. vaccinated. Sure, I, I'm not. I'm pretty naive in this area. But I, would suspect, also... I would suspect there's some areas, be it cultural, religious, or otherwise, yep. where they're they're unique to that person or yep. or medical. Yep. So yep. there might be some scenarios yep. that you need to apply to. For exemption. I just want to say here too, Hushy, because you're talking about people blowing up. Um, I'm not pro-vax. I'm not anti-vax, okay? So I'm, I'm pro having a choice. I am also strongly advocate that, th- that there are ramifications for choice too. If you choose to do so, yeah. there's a choice. There's a ramification. If you choose not to do so, there's a ramification. Um, can we contrast this conversation, given you've asked it from the context of the AFL, with what the NFL is doing? Yep. And that is that... They put the consequence on the clubs. They put the consequence on the clubs. Yep. If if there is a postponement or, or or a cancellation of a game that cannot be replayed, the onus, and, and if the reason for that movement of the game is on an unvaccinated participant, that loss will be recorded against that team. The NFL can do that. It is more of a, a private organisation than the AFL is. Hutch. This is just my observation. I thought it was a smart move. It was it was controversial. Yep. It, I thought it was a, a bold move because it, it shifted the onus of responsibility to the individual, to, to well, the, and ultimately the clubs. Yeah, ultimately it affect. I mean, there'd be all sorts of litigation and knock-on effects in this. Yeah, there will be. But I thought it the NFL made their position really clear. Yeah, you can choose to be vaccinated or yeah. not, but if it affects us, yeah, it's your problem. Okay, so so they're taking the view you choose to play this sport that we run. That's what you sign up to. 
Yeah, and I would think it's even more important in the crowd than it is on the field. Yep. For me, 40,000 in the stands in a uh, highly concentrated area yep. is even more challenging than 40 people who, who are living on the field. a very strict life in preparing and, and readying themselves for the contest with regards to COVID. But now, I think- now that, that, I'm, I'm no, that might be a really naive view, but I think you're entitled, just like a, it's a bad analogy, but a bookmaker chooses whether they want a customer or not based upon the effect on their business. And people go, oh, it's not fair or reasonable. And they say, well, we can choose who comes into our shop or doesn't. Yeah. Retailers can turn away your business if they don't want it. The AFL are entitled, I think, to turn people away if they feel like that person could have an, a health impact on others yeah. at the venue. I don't think they're going to do it, though, Hutchie. I'll, I'll tell you why. And, and you tell me if I'm misreading the situation. Because they are entwined with government. Now, there's layers of government and there's different allegiances in each state. But every game is effectively, particularly with COVID-19, is requiring government sign off. I don't see governments. Don't you? I don't see governments saying and stating as fact you need to be vaccinated. It'll, it'll be an urging. There'll be a recommendation. There'll be a request. Please do so. But I don't see governments instituting too many I, projects I think, that, that require it. I think they will at sport because the the consequences fall on them. Society get angry. So you reckon sports the difference then? Well, society get angry when. And they blame governments. When well, how angry are they going to get when they're told that they can't attend unless they're vaccinated? I think it'll be a small minority versus the lockdowns and the knock-on effect of business closures and all the other things that come with it. Oh, might be really wrong. Well, why aren't we doing it now? Why, why Dangerous we... areas we're talking and we don't know anything about it. No, we do. We do. We I'll, I'll certainly be taking every bit of advice and counsel known to man and woman on this over the, over the summer to understand it better. But that would be my back of a napkin view. I, st- think? I still can't see the governments of this country telling people that, that, that in order for them to attend or not attend something, they need to be well, how, how partaking of the, the vaccination. Qantas have been very upfront. Qantas have. A very progressive business. But it's saying. a private business. I know that it's, it's required government money to stay afloat, like a lot of other industry. Yeah, but, but the knock-on effect- But that's of, a private business, Hutchie. The knock-on effect affects many more. James is pointing out that childcare already does require it. Yeah, well, I think it's a- I think it's a precedent, and I think it should be a starting point for players, but I would leave the regal room of hmm. religious, cultural, health grounds to seek an exemption, which is not dissimilar, I guess, to what happens in some instances now hmm. on some areas of the... I, I didn't realise until last year when the conversation took, took hold, Hutchie, with how people were living their lives in, in COVID situations, that there was a requirement for a footballer to get a flu shot. Did you catch up with that last year? And, and, and I've spoken to a footballer in the last couple of days who... This is this football is going yeah. way back. No, that's that, that was well tabled at the time. I, I wasn't aware of that. Yep, that was well tabled at the time. And I look, it's it's pretty tricky out there, isn't it? Like you look at the mm. what did you what was your initial reaction when you saw the rallies on Saturday in Sydney and Melbourne? Uh, disgust, yeah, anger. Yeah, yep, yep. So but again, be, but again, there'll be people here and that saying, well, why are you why are you angry and disgusted? Well, there'll be people listening now who will be angry and disgusted that you had that view. There'll be people listening now who went and who would have said, you don't understand my rights to express myself in the way that I have. Yeah. You still feel the same way? Did you have the same view? I felt every bit that way. Yeah. And I don't apologise for it. Yeah, I'm not apologising for it. That's <laughs> my opinion. It, I believe in choice in life. So I understand those that do and don't want to be vaccinated. I understand those that do and don't agree with lockdowns. Have your choice. Yeah. Have your say. I don't mind what if it is or isn't. I do believe in just accepting the rules of things, though, and not yeah. trying to squabble with it. Like, just cop the outcome. Yep. If, if you're not meant to do it, don't do it. 
Stay home and complain about it. Some of that footage flying around was this is probably getting way off topic. It was borderline what happened at the Capitol building, wasn't it? Some of it, without the the violent outcomes, but the attitudes were the same. I saw some commentary on social suggesting that the horse picture had been manipulated. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I didn't want to get too involved in that one, but yes, that, I, I had, that, I, I'm aware of that. That didn't, that didn't travel well as a reaction to that tweet, did it? No. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't read feedback. I don't, I don't read comments. So I, you might have to I think 99.9% of the, of the Australian population were outraged at what happened in the... But, but even if... Okay, even take that part out of it. But to see um, substances that might have been paint for all I know being thrown at police men and women... Full stop, Hutchie. Where, where, where are we going in this country? No good. No good. Uh, I've got to, just me. to switch gear for a sec. I didn't ask you about this last week, but I think it's appropriate too. Glenn Archer stepped down from the North Melbourne board. Yep. Do you feel vindicated about your long time? Oh, do you have to talk about it like negative that? view or campaign to remove him from that role? I haven't had a campaign to remove him. If you want to talk about this particular topic, well, you've been vocal that you don't, you didn't believe he should be in that role. I've been vocal in. That's maybe not a campaign; it's an opinion. I'm... That's that's a very, very much very different to a campaign. Yep. Actually. I mean, I he can do what he wants. Um, I've been critical of of what's happened to North Melbourne in the times, and there's now two times that I know of, maybe maybe more, but certainly two times he's been a director of the club. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt, felt it was a so shambles. You think he made times. the right decision? Well, was it his decision? I, I, don't, I actually don't know. I don't know. I, I think you'll find he's been off for some time, but I don't know. And, and look, I'm referring to the, the debacle, and that's I think it was the word I used at the time, of uh, of the sacking, effectively, of, of Brad Scott 18 months into a three-year deal that the board had signed him up to, and then basically offering three Hail Mary offers to former North Melbourne people as, to, to become coach, they being Alastair Clarkson, John Longmire, Adam Simpson, and then... Those all being said no to, and then they ended up appointing Reece Shaw, which, as we know, didn't, it didn't, did, work didn't, didn't last a season. Yeah, I, I feel in, in terms of when they made that decision that he wouldn't be going into a second I, season. I, I feel a bit for him. I'm glad he's off the board because he's. I've said this to him many times before. I think he's a he's a really talented businessman in his own right. You have said that. Yep, does some great things in the community. He's an unbelievable heart in the community. I, I vouch for that. Yes, I think he might have a tiny blind spot for his love of the kangaroos, and it's so emotional to him that he might not make every right call. And he gives up his time, effort, and energy at no cost to do it. And it's hard. So I, I feel like we as a footy media are so punitive on people that make mistakes in oh, – I'm, I'm not distancing myself from that at all, by the way. I'm the same. We, we're so hard on people that make mistakes, and it is tricky to do. So I, I have empathy for him. Yeah, I get that, Hutchie. And I'm glad he's found a, a bit of a happier – But it's a choice too. I mean, a, you, you talk about choices before. It's a choice to, be, to want to become a director. It's an unpaid gig. Yeah, and the 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 favourite, the favourites of the, those that were brilliant players, don't always make brilliant directors or brilliant coaches, right? That's just the reality. He's the shinbone of the century. Yeah, he's a brilliant businessman in his own right. I just think sometimes you can get a little bit too emotionally invested. I wouldn't think. Well, how, how would you view North Melbourne under his watch? Well, they made some mistakes, but I, I don't. You know, they definitely made some mistakes. They're starting to get it together a little bit, aren't they? Yeah. Would, you, would you say? Yeah, I, I would. Would I you would concede that. that demo? Yeah, but I don't know whether that's got. I, I wouldn't know whether that's got anything to do with Glenn Archer, though. Well, he was part of the David Noble 
choice in the end? Well, did. they also then spent a fair bit of money to get Paul Ruse yep. on board, who, who got David Noble over the line. And and when you've got someone the cloud of Glen Archer on your on your board, yep. ideally you're not having to pay Paul Ruse to go and get David Noble for you, right? Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, but I, I just because that's how it happened. They, 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 they pay Paul Ruse. Paul Ruse and goes and get goes and gets David Noble. Club greats either get too much power. They're intimidating because of their reputation. They're not quite as skilled as others or somewhere in between, but they rarely work on boards. I'll tell you one who has worked, Jason Dunstall. Um, well, he's, he's that, that is exhibit, are he? He might be the absolute exhibit of what worked. I, I, would, look, I would look back on, say, Chris Judd's run at Carlton, one of the great people, smart guy, wasn't a brilliant run on the board. Sticks Kernahan, in fairness, wasn't a great run on the board. And that was for a long time. Uh, Mark Rusciuto... Great businessman, good per, great person, good broadcaster, not not brilliant on the board. Like so, I don't think it's their, I don't think he's the lone ranger, Glenn, mm. and I don't think it's and all those people gave all of their time and they're going to be earning way more money to do it. So I have some empathy for him. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, fair enough. And Jason Wright has been a has been a, a monumental figure. We may as well talk about Hawthorne now and Hutchie, given we've just uh, thrown Jason Dunstall into that conversation out of nowhere. What is going on? With Caroline Wilson, and I, and I ask you this because I, I don't know the way that this story has played out. Caroline Wilson stating on on your show it was it was Monday. Correct me if I'm wrong on the timeline. Monday of last week, and we're talking on this particular Monday. Monday of last week, Hutchie on Footy Classified said that Alistair Clarkson, um, sorry, said that Sam Mitchell had had expressed the view that he didn't want Alistair Clarkson to be there next year as part of this succession plan, and. Obviously, everyone's had a say about that. And then, and then Caroline Wilson effectively issuing a warning. Um, this is the quote. Sam should be very careful about what he says about his premiership coach. He should be very careful. What, what, what does that mean? I haven't seen Caroline since. So it's on my list to ask this evening. We're recording Monday. But I don't know. What, what are you getting at? Well, it's a threat, isn't it? should be very careful when he – that was what Caroline said in response to Sam Mitchell refuting what – Caroline had said prior, but this is, this is a new level of a, well, should be very careful. What, what does it mean? I, I, I'm asking you. I, I thought you might know, but given you were with Caro when she first I, you know, I don't, mooted. I, I the, interpreted that to be her saying she felt he was disingenuous on what he was saying about Alistair. Yeah. And that she knew differently. Yes. That'll be my question tonight. You will ask that, yeah? Yeah. Okay. But I don't, I don't know what, I think she has a very different view of the meeting than the both of them have publicly portrayed. Yep. And history says sometimes these things can be a little bit somewhere in between, right? Yes. Now, whether it's <laughs> we both closer on Caroline's side of the bridge or their side of the bridge or somewhere in between. Yep. What, what has been clear, and Jeff was quite worked up about it too. He, he reached out and wasn't wrapped with you and I, and that's fair enough too. It's a very emotive issue. They were naive to think it was going to go any other way than this. Yeah. yeah. If, if Sam Mitchell asked my advice, which he never would, I would say to him, don't worry about getting caught up in getting angry and all those things. Yeah. The good news is you're the Hawthorne coach for 2023. No one could take that off you. Mm. The even better news is there's a chance you could be coaching 2022. The bad news is you're going to put up with 15 months of rubbish rumour, speculation, innuendo, angst, and and that's the tax on the job. It's going to go on for two, three, four years after you've done it. Every time you finish 10th, 8th, 6th, people are going to question whether you're the right person. Are you still in? And if you are... 
don't spend a minute worrying about all the negativity because yeah. he, he can't avoid it. It's going to be there till the you know, Nathan dealt with it on the way out the door. There, there was a Ten level of frustration, in. wasn't there, in, in some of the answers he gave last week, Sam, that, that, that he cannot continue to, to live with because he's needs to just he dismiss needs, he, he, some he of this stuff. Looks like he's got a lot of skills and he's obviously a great person. He needs to harden up quick. That job, I agree. That job is going to be yep. that. That's what that job is, mm. and that's what it takes a toll on people. We're all human beings. Yep. Do you find out you? And we've just come off out of a conversation with with Glen Archer, and and, and then, oh, by the way, I, I find Jeff uh, unusually sensitive around this. He he has been through many of these dust ups along the way. He, mm. he, he, it's, it feels like this one's a bit close to his heart. The advice for Jeff would be the same. Every, people are going to have different views than you. That's okay in <laughs> I think, life. I think Jeff knows that. That's okay in life. Do, do people, this will be easy to con- have a conversation around if we remove Sam Mitchell from it. But do, So let's, let's, let's remove the individuals out of this. But I want to ask you, because you've witnessed this as much as I have, and I've got a view on it. People who are like Sam Mitchell, people who, who are so successful, once they get into the groove of their chosen sport, yep. that they forge a career that is effectively unquestioned. I mean, that, that man achieved a lot. Um, the athlete achieves a lot. They get to a stage of their life, though, where, where no one around them, and this is a subconscious, I think, development in, in this person's, a person's career in the, of this nature, that people aren't necessarily questioning them at all, if not regularly, at all. Yeah, so, so when they are questioned, they actually, whoa, whoa, hang yeah. on, what's happening here? This is me. I know how to do things. I, I, whatever I say goes. And I think Sam Mitchell's there at the moment. Well, the, the best example of all time is James Hurd in that. So that era of superstar were rarely questioned, fated, and not emotionally equipped to deal with things that went wrong. Hmm. I'm not saying he's in – I'm not necessarily agreeing with that Sam hasn't got that ability, but that, that era of player. Yep. The, the cult, the, the cult-like existence that some of these people well, it's not, it's immerse them and live, it's live in. Elite, elite people who are high achievers and, not, and who have been fated their whole career in one aspect. And people bow at their altar. Yeah. I, yep. Well, they think they still apply sometimes that – philosophy to the next career when it's actually just a yeah. whole different job with a different, you know, just a name on a page, don't you? So he'll develop that, Sam. I've got no doubt that he'll, he'll, not many coaches are battle hardened at the start, are they? So he'll yeah. be, give it three years, he'll be tough and cynical. Well, in some ways, what, he, what he's endured in the past seven days yep. will, will have will have crash coursed his way potentially through 18 well, months of, of, of some of this. Yeah, and sometimes you go the other way. Look at John Longmire. He, he wouldn't have said 10 years ago that he'd be affable, open, vulnerable, <laughs> Teary, yeah, uh, laughing with the players, giving him himself. Oh, he was the Dennis Pagan style at the front, wasn't he? So sometimes yeah. people grow, evolve and grow into it. I think Sam will. Tell me, was there a better uh, – people are sick of Hawthorne stuff, so one quick one. Just in the cell, I'm interested in. Was there a better path to sell this outcome to everybody? Because these are these are the steps, right? They had to make the decision. Yep. That Clarkson was going. Yep. And that's the first decision you make. Yeah. And I think that was made months ago. I don't think that was made just because Sam came and said, what's going on? I reckon they'd already arrived at that decision long ago. Yep. Number one. The second part is who takes it over? Who's next? And the third is when? Well, the third in this instance, Hutchie, is, well, hang on. We've got a problem with this contract for next year with the person we're getting rid of. So we've got to to have them live together in 2022. that feeds into when. Yep. Uh, Who's going? Who's coming? And when do we do it? Yeah. And then, and then, when do we when do we do it? But also, when do we tell people we're doing it? Mm. Well, we've got to tell people within minutes of actually doing do, it. Yeah. Do you though? Yeah. Like, yeah. You do. 
If they had gone, I've been do, thinking about you this. You do. You do. If they'd gone to Sam Mitchell and said, Sam, yep. pull out of the Collingwood job. If you trust us, you'll do that. And at the end of the year, we will have your future world as a coach here sorted. And you need to keep that information confidential for now. Okay. You can't do that to Alistair Clarkson. You, you owe it to Alistair Clark. As your starting point, he's your man. He's the one you've actually got the contract with to coach the football okay. club. And the man who has given that football club everything he's got. And as such, Hutchie. You reckon so, they debated that path, though? Uh, yep. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll accept that that's fair. But you've got to tell Alistair Clarkson. Could they go on the other way? Alistair, we're not going to reappoint you. We don't want you to talk about it till the end of the year. At the end of the year, we will make it public. And we'll also make public that Sam will be your replacement. We're asking both of you to keep it confidential then. Was that a path you could have tried to sell? No. Because I think Alistair might have then potentially okay. gone off. So you and... ruled out options one and two. Yeah. So option three, guys, we have to make this public. I think what they did. Hang on, hang on a sec. Sorry. So option three, we're left with what they did, right? Yeah. We have to make this public. Yep. Guys, this is uncomfortable for both of you. Before we make it public, yes. can we spend three, four, five days, however long yeah. it's needed, to get you both this is where you're at on now. at least the yeah. same page? Or at least be able to tell the people involved in the room and, and who were being presented the, the scenario that you had more than 20 minutes together two days earlier. And they the time got them, didn't it? Yeah. Like if they'd even had three, four days to get some emotion out of it, and work out some of the basics. But you know you talk about two bulls being in the same paddock. There's there's three bulls yeah. in this paddock. you got Kennett being the biggest bull, and you've got Clarkson and, and Mitchell. No doubt about that. There's not many three bulls in paddock scenarios, such, and that's what you're dealing with here. No, there's no doubt about that. And, and one thing that Alistair Clarkson did do last week, he took a long time to get to his point, but he got there eventually yeah. after 13 and a half no. minutes. Um, he, he did he concede part again. of what yeah. you said. Yeah. He, he conceded that we hadn't worked out how 2022 was going to look and that yep. and that me looking after the now, Sam looking after the future, that that's not compatible to how footy clubs run. Uh, yeah, so it's easy in hindsight. And yeah. often in those situations, I've been, I've been the same. You, you, you go quickly on letting people know because you think yes. it's the right thing to do. Yes. And then the day or two later, you think, oh, I wish I'd only thought through that part of that narrative. But ultimately, that's happened to me quite a few times. Ultimately, Hutchie, as much as people are invested in, obviously, the project and their, themselves and each other, there's a, an incredible amount of distrust at, at all footy clubs. Yeah, it's embedded in the industry. Yeah. So I don't know which parts that, that Jeff Kennett wouldn't have trusted totally, like, like implicitly with, with those conversations you just mooted with Sam Mitchell or, or Alistair Clarkson and vice versa. I don't know which bits that, that Alistair would have taken out of it, such a conversation with Jeff and decided to use. And and, and that's just human nature, Archie. That's if not it, even a, a if, huge accusation it, against people. If you'd bought two or three or four days, you could have convinced, maybe convinced Alistair to make it his idea too. Because they didn't have him there yet emotionally, right? So mm. that was the, that was what a little bit of time might have. Mm. Now, one one scenario here, Alistair, would be for this to be your decision. Yeah, have a have a think about whether you and then you won't today. You'll say no. Give it seventy two hours and see how you feel. So that, that might have been the other. anyway. It's easy in hindsight. It's just, high stakes. Just on uh, the me, press conference management, he went too long clearly. But this is he, last Friday. Yep, yep. But what he did, Alistair, was the right way to handle it. Get on the front foot. Make your point clear before yep. anyone asks a question. Yeah. Well, almost don't Perfect. take questions yeah. on it. Perfect. He hates questions, yep. Alistair. Well, hates questions. Well, I think that's why we've talked about this in the past. He's He does a press conference on Fridays, yeah. as for 15 years. That is the the, the least effective day to yeah. do a press conference for a coach. That he is, knows that. that well, is the, actually, when they were playing in Tasmania regularly. You play Sunday morning, do yeah. Sunday morning press they, they do outside the Jetstar or yeah. the Virgin Lounge at, at, at check-in. 
for, for ten, five minutes. Yep. Yep. So Saturday, on a Saturday morning at 10.48. when <laughs> Friday and Saturday mornings is where he's lived. It, it's because you get no media oxygen. There are only ever questions about the game. All the issues are burnt out, and then you're getting asked about things that are three days old. And and this is not meant to be anything other than statement of fact. It's maybe the the experience of some of the journalists going to that particular press conference aren't of a nature to push back no, on. You, you absolutely cases. get a lower a lower class of journalists on those things because you do. It's the end of the week. It's it's last minute deadlines. It's less experienced journalists. It's not. It's just fact. It's not offending yep. anyone. That's just how it is. Yep. Yeah. Now, let's get to the Anastasia Palaszczuk, when I say John Coates. Lower class of, I mean, lower, lower level of experience is what yes. I'm trying to say. Yes, yep. yep. Anastasia Palaszczuk, Queensland Premier in Tokyo to announce the securing of the 2032 Olympic Games for Brisbane. John Coates, in his own world, legendary AOC IOC, whatever it is he's got with regards to the Olympic movement. There's been a no one more synonymous with Australia's Olympic uh, involvement at, at that negotiation level than, than John Coates. And the um, the disdain with which he treated Anastasia Palaszczuk-Hutchie, this is, a, this is actually an older story now. It was probably last Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. We recorded last Monday. It's now Monday of this week. We haven't discussed it. I just want to get your views on it because it was, uh, it was cringy. It was really cringy to see a man treat Anastasia yeah, Palaszczuk that way. He came across as demeaning insensitive, misogynistic, poorly. Yeah. He he has since said, his words, not mine, that he was asked to say those things by Anastasia to create the, I guess, alibi of why she was going. And she she was um, facing her own questions about yep. uh, having her state in a form of yep. lockdown or a form of uh, COVID rule, so to speak, and, and, and she flying out to Tokyo at this point in time. Yep. So that he he would say that I would say to that, even if so, and not not certain of that view, but let's assume it happened. Yeah, there's still a way to do that in a respectful manner. Yes, that could have been a little bit more jovial and respectful than the way that you portrayed it because it came across poorly. And I know these things travel poorly in the sound bites, but it, it, did. it was exhibit a exhibit a of, of what not to do. I would have thought. Right yeah, now. I thought it, it, I thought it. it it absolutely pitched him out of step with yeah. community expectations of, of just, respect of others, let alone women. It's just arrogantly condescending. It was, it was, it, it was arrogant. And now, now I also know too, actually, we need to throw this in. What we ended up seeing as the, uh, inverted commas, the sound bite presentation, apparently it, it did go for 20 minutes or even 30 minutes. So, so what we saw was a packaged up part of it, but it still doesn't make it in, well, if, in any way justifiable. Press conference is the sum of the snack of the soundbites. Doesn't matter if you uh, exhibit great behaviour for ninety minutes, you are still judged on the one. Not, yeah, and so and so you should be. That's yeah. the yeah. modern world we live in. By the way, I do think the premier could have just simply said, along the way, "Hey, everybody, I'm really sorry what we're going through. We're bidding for an Olympics. We think we've got a great chance of winning. We think it'll be great for the city. And I know previously I said I wasn't going to the opening ceremony, but it's been drawn to my attention how bad a look this would be for us and our state." I know everyone won't agree with it, accept it, or necessarily understand it, but I'm here to look you in the eye and tell you I'm going. I've been made aware I should go. I'm going. I've been yeah. given advice that's in the in the greater good, I, I, and I'm hopeful we win the Olympics, yeah. and I'll understand those that don't understand. 
Okay, just I, just be honest. I don't even think she had to go Hachi. I mean, and even the the line the, again, the arrogantly condescending line. This is a, a seventy five million dollars to a hundred million dollar event. You know, the opening ceremony. She runs a state that would be a billions and billions of dollars company in inverted commas. And he's talking about seventy five well, mil to drop in the ocean. Politicians get way too paranoid about their reaction to them today, tomorrow, or the next day. Yeah. No one remembers it. Do you think at the ballot box next time around? People are going to go, hang on a minute, I was going to vote for Anastasia, but what was that time 14 months ago where nah. she said she wasn't going to the opening ceremony? You know what? She went. So, no, I'm not voting for you today. It don't, like, people move on quickly. Dan Andrews has suddenly become the beacon of how to handle the media. For 100 days, <laughs> 100 days last year, yeah. he stood there, he answered every question, he had journalists flying in to try and trick him, yeah, that's and right. we, for 100 days flat, said, have a look at this bloke. <laughs> well, yeah. And we smashed him. And now, six months later, people are going, gee, Gladys should uh, ring Dan and see how to, you know, Dan should be put the PR advisor to how to handle things. <laughs> we have got shockingly short memories. How many? And, and the problem with politicians is they don't understand that. They're worried about today. Don't worry about it. Just call it as it is and get well, on with it. Well, they're worried about it, but their army of media people, and there is an army now under Dan. Survivalists, yep. Yeah. How many is too many when it comes to those people being on the on the public purse, Suchi? I don't know how many, how many has he got. Oh, they reckon... <laughs> A lot. Let's just go with a yep. lot. Like, like more than we've ever seen in Australia. People, people are now saying Gladys is ending the press conferences when she chooses, whereas Dan always stayed till the end. Like, you can't win. <laughs> so what I would say to politicians is just own your behaviour and just, just live with it. And if it might burn for 24 or 48 hours. I'm not, I'm not sure it's a great example at the moment, but Andrew Dimitri was like that, wasn't he? He was just... As the head of the AFL, it's not, a great, what, not a great example at the moment, no. 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 This is what we're doing. No, he's not a great example <laughs> in anything at the moment, Hutchie. Yeah, hasn't, hasn't aged well, but that view. But he, he was, he, I thought when he when he led, he at least, you liked it or didn't like it, but he just said they were what they were doing. <laughs> he did. Let's head to the question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. And this week we will go to Ashley Boltech's question via Facebook. Uh, do you guys care to share a time when either of you hid behind, quote, staff reporters because you didn't want the person slash club to know that you were the reporter? Bonus points if they figured it out and you copped their abuse anyway. We talk about staff reporters and staff writers a, a fair bit on this I, show. I reckon when I was young, I'd probably ask for my mobile and not be on a thing or two along the way, but I, I, I don't remember a specific instance. I, I definitely have, Ashley. I just wish I could, though, recall some specifics. It would have been lower end stuff. So, sometimes it's just stuff that has to get done in a newspaper, Hutchie, and you'd just rather your name not be on it. Is that <laughs> fair to say? Well, I think probably the only times are when sometimes when you're asked to write something. So you might have said... To, you might be talk, working on a story. Say you're working on a story involving Hawthorne. You're talking to someone at Hawthorne and you've said, don't worry, I'm not writing anything on this. I'm, I'm merely building an argument or a case for a future feature story I'm working on. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then an hour later, the editor will walk into your desk and say, I need you to write me 12 pars on Hawthorne. And you'll say, yeah. Funny. Look, on any other day I'd normally do that. But yeah. today I've I just given... gave an assurance to a source of mine and the editor is impervious to your sources. He couldn't care less. <laughs> no, they can't. He or she he couldn't or she. care less. 
They couldn't care less. The, another reason and for it, Hutchie. The next and day you've written a story in the paper on Hawthorne, and then your contact rings you, and he or she says, you told me you weren't writing something on this. <laughs> I and did. you say, My name's I wasn't on going to, but the editor asked me to. And they'll say, oh, pull the other one, that old trick. Don't give me the editor routine. And then uh, I don't write the headline. Some editors write the headline. The um, other one too, actually, and, and Hutchie, that, that I can recall doing, uh, was if you if you then have to, have to, and begrudgingly follow up someone else's work, which which is always a problem. Because you should have got the story yourself. Me, if someone else has got an angle, it might have been you at times, Hutchie, that you then, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so said on Channel 7, you just didn't want to put your name to something you should have broken yourself. Well, yeah, this is interesting areas. Let's yeah. give you a couple of things on this. Yeah. There is – the public wouldn't notice and do not care less, right? As a rule, I don't. But there is nothing worse – Nothing more demeaning, nothing more self-deflating as a journalist. And a story you should have got. Than following up someone else's yarn he didn't have. Yep. And and that's when I used to and, do it. And you know what? <laughs> that's when I used to just admit it, no byline. It's like the scene, as I, I talk about all the time on the movie Ghost, where he recognises the other ghost on the train. <laughs> and, and they're the only ones that know the that ghost. up. <laughs> when you follow up another journalist's work, yeah. you know and they know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, they, and that is that is their gold medal. And, and they go, and, and other journos know too. And then the others go, oh, did you see Barrett had to follow up your story <laughs> yeah, today? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's the ultimate. Yeah, it's the ultimate. Uh, and then it's the ultimate kick in the guts. The worst thing is if you need a quote from that story. And so what you find is it goes in the spill. <laughs> yeah, it's like told the age or told Channel Seven, <laughs> or put it thirty paragraphs down. Or the Herald Sun's very good at this these days too, Hutchie. They they will take the quote from somewhere else without it saying it where it's got. But again, to your point, in the spill will attribute. Yep. Yep. Or, yeah. or the other one is to actually not acknowledge you have been in the first place to <laughs> anger the competitor. And the other the way to do that is you say things like, multiple news outlets have reported. Yeah. <laughs> as, as predicted last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or the tear, out, the tear out from your Twitter feed where you made a half a suggestion at 12.22 p.m. on Friday. Week Told you this could happen. It, yeah. it has happened. There's a few of those Twitter tear outs. In fact, that might be something we'll get to at some stage. Right? We might. So, actually, there's a few reasons for it, and uh, you've, uh, you've hit – the nail on the head on a couple of those reasons. Yeah. Yep. That was the question Did, of the week. By the way, week. When, when, you were, when you had, just speaking of journalism, I, gee, we like the war stories, you and I, don't we? You do. I'm, and I, and, and people do like your war stories, Sachi. When you're a print journalist and you contributed some of the story and someone else contributed the other part yep. and it was a joint byline. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you ever lobby to be the first name rather than no, the second? I did. And I, I always <laughs> took the view that, that it would sort itself out. And and sometimes it didn't. And sometimes you'd be shattered. I saw yeah. a lot of by Daryl Timms and Damien Barrett over yeah. the years. Yeah. And you, no, if, you, if you had a, a trust with the bloke, and, and when yep. you mentioned Daryl Timms' name, I did have full trust with Daryl Timms. So when I did do dual bylines with Daryl Timms, it would have been dealt with the, the right way. If he was putting the story together and he knew it was my story, he would have put my name first. So I have full faith. Other journos, not always, Hutchie. No, people, massive lobbies of their name first. Oh, it, you, you would have been big on that, wouldn't you? Everyone was. <laughs> and in the industry, as a print journalist, the second name is barely respected. <laughs> People go, oh, Damo had a good story. You go, no, it was by Damo and by Daryl Timsey. Oh, yeah, but Timsey was the second name. Like, it's it's not – it's the and the first name carries all the blame. If the phone – someone rings angry. Well, sometimes you want it to be the second name for that reason. Yeah, if yes. someone ever rings angry, they never say, is either Damien or Daryl there? <laughs> they say, is that Barrett there? It's his name on it. And you can't say, well, yeah, Daryl wrote half the story. 
You don't get you don't get half the, the win. You don't get half the losses. No, nah, half the mitigation of the uh, the error. Yep. Um, that was our question of the week for Drinkwise. You won't miss a chance to ask us the tough questions on the sounding board if you drink wise. Hachi, that's it. Series 6, episode 26 of the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.